Welcome to the Dropship Podcast, where you'll learn how to build and grow a high-ticket dropshipping business and hear stories from successful e-commerce entrepreneurs. Let's kick this thing off. Hey, welcome to the Dropship Podcast. Today is another Tactical Tuesday episode, and it's actually a roundup of all of our Freedom Friday episodes which are longer form content where we can actually go into my story or John's story or some of our students' stories who have been successful with high-ticket dropshipping. So today I'm going to give you a little snippet. We asked a few questions of each guest, and then I'll direct you to where you can find the long-form content from each of these guests, and I'll put links to each of those episodes in the show notes as well. So first up, co-founder of Dropship Breakthrough, let's talk to John Warren. Yeah, cool. So my... well. I'm John Warren. Hi. Uh, my background, look, before I got into high-ticket dropshipping, uh, I spent a decade in a, a career, if you like, in um, human resources, industrial relations. Um, and before that, I did all sorts of other things, you know, like I've, I've worked in scuba diving, construction, uh, farm work, all sorts of things before that, right? Really, really broad spectrum of stuff. But I had zero experience with online marketing, with build, I'd never built a website before, um, and I, you know, e-commerce never touched it in my life in any of those pre- prior things that I'd done. How did you choose your niche? Uh, look, I actually think I stole my niche idea from somebody in the US because I'm in Australia. My first site was in Australia. I just heard somebody else making money with the niche that I was doing in the US, and I, I looked in Australia, and no one else was doing it. Right, because I was one of the first people doing high ticket dropshipping in Australia, uh, in the way that we do it, and so I was like, "Yeah, that's super easy. I'm just going to do it." The downside of that was that I didn't actually do any proper research, and would I have done that idea again? Probably not. <laughs> All right, how long did it take you to make your first sale? Uh, Ten days. Ten days after I launched the site, I made my first sale. Um, I can still remember that. I was still working in my career at the time. I'd just come out of a meeting um, and I had a sale on my site um, and I, I needed to call the customer because one of the products they ordered was not in stock. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. So you might remember this. You might not. It's been a while for you. How much revenue uh, in year one, two, three? I know you sold after that too if you want to comment on any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, look, it, it is a little bit fuzzy, particularly on year one. Um, I would take a fairly educated, I, I mean, I've got old profit and loss statements somewhere, but um, I would take a fairly educated guess and say that revenue in year one was about uh, probably three to 400,000 revenue. Uh, year two, it was over a million dollars in revenue. Uh, and then I sold in year three for about 250000 What's one piece of advice you'd give to the just starting out version of yourself? Like if you could go back and talk to beginning John, what's one piece of advice you'd give him now? I think it would be, you know, find find somebody who you can trust that you know what they're doing and, and follow them and learn off them and that sort of thing. I think for me, uh, I didn't. I mean, that didn't exist to the same extent that it does today. Like there, there weren't so many people doing it around then. And I think for me, I just experimented with a lot of things and did a lot of things that I probably didn't need to do um, that didn't work or slowed me down or 
cost me money. Maybe some of those things were shiny objects that I just didn't need to pay attention to. Uh, like, well, like for example, or things that I didn't do. Like for example, I didn't really come around to the idea of SEO for a long time, right? And it's super important for high-ticket dropshipping businesses, which is something I know now. And if I was starting a new site today, if I'm starting a new site today, that's sort of front and center for me. But back when I started, I didn't know about that because I had zero experience and no one was talking about it. Like no one was saying, you know, organic traffic is a thing for high-ticket dropshipping sites. It was all like, just do paid ads, man, do paid ads. And, And I did that and I did that well, but I missed out on a lot. Because I, nobody, I, I just didn't know to do that. And so these days, the good thing is, is that you can, when you're starting your business, there are people who know what they're doing, who have done it before a lot now, and will share with you exactly what you should and shouldn't be doing. And if you can find one of those people um, and you follow along with them, your progress is going to be a lot smoother and quicker than if you just try and make stuff up by yourself like I did. If you'd like to hear all of John Warren's story, check out episode number nine of this podcast, and I'll put a link in the show notes. Next up is me. John asked me these same questions, uh, so here's a little snippet of questions for Ben Kenegendorf. I am the hostess with the mostess, Ben Kenegendorf. My background, really no online experience, right? Like uh, I, I graduated high school, I was helping disabled people, like working overnights, uh, and working in a center, and then I worked at a plastics factory for a very short period of time, and uh, really was a dink there and got fired. Then I went and worked at a Menards distribution center, throwing boxes, uh, and for a short period, uh, like a shift leader. Then I went to a Walmart distribution center and threw boxes, and drove forklift, and drove yard truck, uh, and all of that led to me find. I had to find something else. That, that's that's my background, and that's what actually led me to this. How did you find your first niche? My first niche, I never pulled the trigger on. So I bought BrickfireBBQ.com or BrickfireBBQ.com. I never pulled the trigger. And someone in the forums uh, that I was part of talking about this stuff was selling their store. And he had four suppliers on board. So I thought, this is my ticket uh, to not have to call suppliers, which is what I was very scared of doing. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think I've told the story before. I, I I bought the store for $400. It was the 3dprinterguy.com and the main supplier dropped me immediately and I never, ever got them back. Uh, and so I, I still had to sit back and call suppliers, but that's how I chose my first niche. How long did it take you to make your first sale? I want to say it took about two weeks, maybe three weeks uh, to make the first sale. I know it was... a. Uh, Shorter than some, but also longer than some too. So, uh, yeah, I want to say like two, three weeks. And how much revenue did you do in your first year and then your second year? Yeah, so I never made it to year two. I ran the business for a total of eight months, uh, 10 months, 10 months, um, from like middle of April or early April to uh, mid-February of the next year. And then I sold it for one year salary at that Walmart distribution center. And I, I don't know the revenue number off the top of my head. It's a little fuzzy now looking back at 2015. But I will say I was making roughly $1,500 to $2,000 profit a month on average when I sold the business. So I'm going to guess that was you know, 10, 15% margins. What does that put you at? Like uh, twenty dollars to $30,000 a month in uh, revenue probably. So Whatever that is over the course of 10 months, maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars. And then what's one piece of advice you give to someone or, or the version of you that we've just talked about that was just starting out that you, you know, based on your experience now? Yeah, I think fail fast. 
kiss the girl. Like I was so scared of everything back, like scared of calling suppliers, scared of what people will think of my website, scared of what suppliers are going to think, scared. I didn't do a good enough job of uploading the products. And what if I fail? And just, I was so worried about everything that I didn't take any action. I was so worried about calling suppliers. I had to buy a website out of the forums because I just wouldn't take action. And so I would go back and I would tell, you know, that version of Ben, like, you're going to fail a bunch of times and that's fine. Uh, you're going to make a lot of mistakes and that's fine. Uh, and you know, that might not have sat well, but I, I, I would, I would tell anyone who's in that position listening right now, fail fast. Um, and, and you will succeed in the end. It's not a, it's not a linear journey. It's a, you know, it's up and down and up and down and up and down. And so just keep going. Just what, whatever somebody smarter than you is telling you to do, they're probably right and go do it and don't think twice about it and don't waffle on it. Just go take action. Um, and whether it's a success or a failure, you're, you're going to move forward. Now, if you'd like to hear my entire story, you can check out episode number 15 of our podcast. And again, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Next up, Isaac Smith. My name is Isaac Smith. I used to be an architect. I used to design buildings, including a stadium in Fort Worth that you can go see called Dickey's Arena, but I was completely miserable and I hated that work, even though I was good at it, passionate about it, but I was completely miserable. I quit to do this whole crazy entrepreneurship thing, drop shipping, and now I'm doing services for e-commerce business owners. How did you choose your, your niche initially? The very first niche? Well, <laughs> I had uh, more than one niche. I, I had a few failures to begin with, but the first one, I just had a set of criteria like you have in Dropship Breakthrough. And I had a whole bunch of a list of things that, that met you know, the price and all of these other criteria. And I just chose the one that seemed the most fun. And that was remote controlled cars, trucks, drones, things like that. But that didn't end up working out. And it, I've seen you in our, our paid Slack channel answering a question for someone else recently. That didn't work out. How did you choose the second? How did you go about pivoting into something that actually made more sense for you? That was tough. <laughs> I, it was, it's of course the same criteria, but just now with a little bit of more knowledge and understanding, learned experience, I suppose, and just looking for one, a higher ticket item. Yeah, I wanted to have something that was over a thousand dollars, kind of minimum price. And so I tried massage chairs. That was the next thing. And I couldn't get that one to work either. And so I just, I, I built a, a website, a store that was called Aria Chairs. So I figured anything that was a chair, I could try selling. So I could just keep pivoting niches within furniture, basically. And finally, I landed on something called a pedicure chair that I had never heard of and didn't know what it was. And, you know, this is after several months of pivoting and pivoting and trying and trying and trying. Uh, finally, that one worked. And so I got a sale. It was like, I don't know, three or $5,000. My profit was $1,000. And that was the, the ding, ding, ding moment where I knew like, okay, this is where it begins. For all the men listening, go find out what a pedicure chair is by yourself sitting in it, getting a pedicure. It's awesome. You will not regret it. <laughs> uh, you kind of went there already. How long did it take you to make your first sale at uh, uh, both stores? First sale on the first store, I was working nights and weekends, staying up until 1am after work, uh, 
working that way. It took me about five months to get my first sale from just beginning to learn about niche selection to doing all that work, finding suppliers, adding products, doing the website, all of that. Five months. Um, the second store, like I said, so I started with massage chairs. I just couldn't get any sales for those. That took me about a uh, about a month or two to figure that out. And then I tried, what was it? Home theater furniture, like those big recliner, big sofa recliner things. I couldn't get any sales. That took me probably a month. And then I was another month doing just living room recliner sofas, that kind of thing. I couldn't get it. Well, I got act. No, I did get four or five sales of those. So that was probably about three or to three to four months in, but getting that sale wasn't enough because I learned that I'm actually losing money on these. Uh, I think one of those, I did make a couple hundred bucks. Um, but that was a clue to me that no, <laughs> keep pivoting to the next one. So about, I would say three to four months. And do you remember how much revenue you made in, in year one, year two, et cetera? Year one of the first store or the second store? Yeah, I mean, you moved on from the first. Let's let's talk about mm. the store you did end up selling. Uh, yeah. Remember your revenue in you know ballpark figures? Oh, I ha- I actually have no idea. It's it's written down somewhere, but that was like six years ago. No no clue. The first the first month that was actually a month that made more than one or two sales. I probably had. 12,000 in revenue, I think. Just a guess. That was when it was like, oh my gosh, this is going to work. This is going to be the thing. So that was probably the third month of sales, I would guess. Second month of sales, something like that. And you did end up selling that business. Do you remember how long you were running it? And uh, I'm not sure if you're public with the number or not. Yeah, I'm, I'm public with some numbers, others less so. I ran that store for four years uh, and <laughs> ended up getting being really sick of salon furniture. Um, I Toward the end, I, I was at about 600,000 in revenue uh, rolling 12 months by the time I sold it on track. It was growing really fast at the end when I sold it. So I, you know, if I, if I'd have just hung on to it, I'm sure it had it had been more. And the buyer was happy with that, of course. But yeah, that was roughly around where it was. Are you public with what you sold it for? I don't, I don't remember from your episode or not. Uh, no, not really. I mean, I mean, I use a general number for mine too, right? Just you know, yeah. seven figure or high six figures or what, you know what I mean? So um, yeah. yeah, I appreciate you uh, sharing your revenue there. Uh, certainly students can understand the Oh, why not? Why not? I tell people in person, so why not? Yeah, I sold it for one hundred fifty thousand. This is the first time I'm sharing that publicly, Um, which seemed, huh? Breaking news. Yeah, yeah, breaking. (laughs) You got it. You got the scoop. Uh, No, one hundred fifty thousand, which seemed like a lot of money at the time. Actually, it didn't seem like a lot. It seemed like a lot, but ended up, you know, after taxes and then this and that, the broker fee. Ended up being 126, I think, is what was transferred to my bank account. Um, then taxes on that. Then, you know, so it seems like, you know, decent money, but it's, of course, not life changing. It was good. Um, but, you know, so I'm, I'm very happy with it. 
I'm glad that and if I you sold. know Isaac, he put it all into Bitcoin and he's doing great. So. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. If I had done that, if right, I, I had done that, then whew. this might lead right into this question. What is one piece of advice you'd give to the, the just starting out version of you? Is it buy Bitcoin in 2012? <laughs> go invent a time machine and go back. Uh, no. Um, what I would say is it's all about what you do. And just because something isn't working, it doesn't mean that it's the wrong. This, this, you referenced our Slack conversation actually was going on this morning. Um, it's not necessarily because it's the wrong product or the wrong niche. It could be. But it could also just be that you're not doing the right things. And so how do you know what the right things are? To me, that's a big question. And and I wish, I really, really wish, if I were to go back in time, the, I think the one thing I would do differently was convince myself to not be such a cheap ass and pay for some coaching to get somebody who's there to guide me along. Because that would have, I, I'm, I'm convinced that would have saved me three years. I often give that same advice. So I like that. If you'd like to hear all of Isaac Smith's story, check out episode number 26 of our podcast. And again, I'll put links in the show notes. Next up, let's hear from Brian Angel. Okay, my name is Brian Angel. I am part professional sailor and sailing coach slash sales and marketing guy slash corporate strategist and executive turned e-commerce and um, you know entrepreneur, let's say. I love it, man. It, it, this this show is about showing that any background can be successful at high ticket dropshipping, and and you're a, you're a silly sailor, and and look at you now. I've, I've taken the roundabout way here, but I think everybody has. How did you uh, How did you choose your niche initially, Brian? So for, for me, it was um, it was something that was near and dear to my heart. So I don't mind sharing that my first store was um, selling standing desks. And just a couple of years prior, I had been through a pretty major back injury and purchased a standing desk and found it to be a major turning point in my life, not just because it helped make my back better, but because it, it actually improved a lot of other aspects of my life. So all that is by way of saying, for me, it, I, was, I was fortunate in that I found something that, that created a cross-section of opportunity, but also personal interest and passion. And I recognize that not everybody has to sell something that they're already interested in or knowledgeable of or passionate about. Uh, but certainly if you can find something like that, if, there, if, there's, if there's passion and interest behind whatever it is that you're selling, you're going to be a better seller. You're going to be a better business operator. You're going to connect with your customers better and you're going to enjoy it all a lot more. And do you remember how long it took you to make your first sale? So I think my first sale came within a couple of weeks. It was a little bit slow in the early days. Part of it was, I, I think I was sort of one foot in, one foot out for the first couple months. So I got my first sale in like a week or two and then got a second sale. Second sale took like another month and a half. And do you remember how much revenue you made in year one, two or three, et cetera? Um, I don't remember exactly. I think I think in our, well, so, so we started in September of 2016 is when we really started selling, but we didn't. I would say we were we had the breaks on until right around the end of that year. So in our first 
full year in 2017, I think we did about 700 and something in, in revenue. And in year two, we, we, we crossed the million mark. Um, I don't remember the exact number, but, but we, we hit, we hit seven figures in year two. And what is one piece of advice? If you could go back and talk to, you know, coach, coach Brian, who's just starting this, taking a dive in entrepreneurship. What is one piece of advice you would have given that version of Brian? I don't know. Um, there's a lot of different, different things I could, I could answer here. I, I, you know, the first thing that pops in my mind, and this is a little bit, a little bit more specific and and not so much, you know, 30,000 foot view, but I would, I would offer some advice on niche selection. My selection worked out for me, but I, I wasn't doing the research then that I would do now if I was going into a niche, I would, I would have a lot more information about, I, I would care a lot less about the general search volume and trend of a niche. I would care a lot more about the problem I'm trying to solve or the result I'm trying to create for the person I'm selling to. But I would also, I would spend a lot more time researching the suppliers in the niche. I don't think it matters what the monthly search volume is for standing desks, you know, using my own example. What matters is, you know, how many people are searching for the brands and the products that you want to sell? Because that's what you're going to use in the early days to to kind of launch your store. It won't always be that way, but that's 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 kind of the, the, the fastest route to success. So I, I think I would I would just lend some of that knowledge to the niche selection process. If you'd like to hear all of Brian Angel's story, check out episode number 28 of the podcast, and you'll find a link below in the show notes. Next up, let's talk to John Murphy. So uh, my name is John Murphy, and well, my background is uh, just I work in, I've worked, work, used to work the day job. I got into dropshipping, and um, my my current business is now is uh, just dropshipping. I am have a seven-figure e-commerce store and I'm growing. Awesome. How did you choose your niche for your high-ticket dropshipping business? Um, I found a video online that explained the sort of a niche selection process. Um, I made a few mistakes during the niche process uh, selection process, but you know there, 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 is, there are certain criteria that you should consider. Um, and... Uh, I think the more in depth you go, and the the more you vet each niche, the the closer you'll get to a niche that's uh, that's uh, workable. Cool. How long did it take you to make your first sale? Uh, it took me about four months, three three to four months. Yeah, I I wasn't uh, one of the quickest out of the gates. Awesome. And how much revenue did you do in year one? year two and year three of your business uh year one it was probably about five thousand dollars year two uh i think 100 150 maybe year three 300 and then it basically 3x ever since there, really. Awesome. And what's one piece of advice you'd give to the just starting out version of you? Um, 
I would I would actually sign up for a course that teaches how to do it properly instead of trying to figure it out because it it's it's not a get rich quick scheme and it, it is going to take time and hard work. So if you have a roadmap, definitely do that. It's the best investment you can ever make. If you'd like to hear all of John Murphy's story, check out episode number 34 of the podcast or look for the link in the show notes. Next up, let's hear from Kellen Ambrose. My name is Kellen Ambrose and um, I am a a serial entrepreneur at this point in my life. Started out in the um, restaurant industry, managed restaurants for 11 years, was miserable and hated it. Eventually transitioned to selling on eBay and Amazon, drop shipping on those platforms. Um, but now I am on Shopify doing high ticket drop shipping for a few different stores. And it's, uh, it's the best, tra- uh, best pivot I've made in my entrepreneurial journey. How did you choose your niche? I just went through uh, Google to see how much competition was in my niche, um, see the right amount of search volume um, for the particular seed keyword for my niche, um, check Google Trends. And I narrowed it down to about three three different niches, but um, there was one that stuck out to me more, and that's the one that I went with. How long did it take you to make your first sale? About one month. How much revenue did you do in in year one, two, three? Can you show like a progression there just to give people some uh, perspective? Yeah, I think year one, I did around uh, a little over 400,000 in revenue. Uh, year two... I did about 1.3 million. Um, year three, I did two point, like 2.5 million, and then um, 2021, I did 4.4 million. Fuck yeah, dude! That's amazing. What's one piece of advice you'd give to the just starting out version of Kellen? Just trust the process. Um, you know, most likely you're probably taking a course, so. Um, you know, just go through that course. Don't be overwhelmed by all the different sections and videos. Just take it one day at a time. Um, you know, narrow things down into one actionable item each day, or maybe it's even in a week or a few weeks and just follow through and complete that one action or task. Don't get, don't get distracted by all the different things you need to do. Um, invest in yourself, invest in coaching, um, invest in the mastermind. Those things will definitely help. If you'd like to hear all of Kellen's story, check out episode number 37. Uh, and of course, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. Next up, let's hear from Tris Coffin and Blake Sterling. Uh, so my name is Tris Coffin. I'm currently living in Australia, originally from the UK. My background is um, I'm actually a marine scientist. So have several years of um, so, sort of a scientific background and currently operating a number of high, t- high ticket dropshipping stores. Cool, man. So how did you choose your first high-ticket dropshipping niche? <laughs> I have to try to remember. Um, it was so there was a set criteria um, for high-ticket dropshipping, which I think applied to my current niche. Um, so I think it's been, you know, it's been talked about quite a lot. Um, whether the niche actually meets those criteria is a bit debatable. <laughs> But yeah, so it mostly hits the same criteria for high ticket dropshipping that everyone sort of chants. Yeah, cool, man. How long did it take you to make your first sale? About two and a half weeks. Yep. Sweet. And how much revenue, what was your revenue numbers at the end of year one, 
year two, and I think year three might be relevant for you. Uh, so end of the first year was about 80,000. So that was 2019, this um, is calendar year. Uh, about $80,000 was revenue. Um, 2020, so this is when COVID kicked off. Um, so just above 500K, so pretty pretty big explosion there. Um, and then 2021 was around 200K, but there's a few caveats to that. I actually turned ads off for about four months um, for personal reasons. Um, so yeah, so generally on the up and up, which is good. Awesome. And what's one piece of advice you would give to the just starting out version of you? Um, I guess coming in with the understanding that it's not a sprint. Uh, people go to university for four to seven years just to get a starting job. So if you have the same mindset with the business, um, give yourself years to actually understand and learn and grow from there. Definitely. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Awesome. Thanks, Tris. That's cool. All right, Blake, let's do you. My name's Blake Sterling and I'm a direct response copywriter. How did you choose your first high-ticket dropshipping niche? Followed the uh, overarching sort of outline or, or niche selection from the dropship lifestyle course and, and kicked it off that way. Cool. How long did it take you to make your first sale after launching? Within the first week. Sweet. And how much revenue did you do year one, year two, and I don't know if it's relevant yet, but year three if it is? Year one was um, 500,000. Year two was 1.4 million. And um, sort of as we're sort of tracking into year three now, um, basically at a point where it's going to outpace the year one revenue and hopefully within the first quarter. And what's one piece of advice for the just starting out version of you? What would you say to yourself? Uh, Get started on SEO as soon as possible. If you'd like to hear all of Tris and Blake's story, check out episode 41 of the podcast. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And if you prefer to listen to this on YouTube, all episodes are on YouTube as well, and they're numbered accordingly. You can actually find the entire Freedom Friday playlist on there where it'll go right through all of these. So I hope you enjoyed hearing a little bit from John, myself, Isaac, Brian, John Murphy, Callan Ambrose, and Tris and Blake as well. Great stories. All of these are great listens. If you're going on a road trip soon or you're hopping on the treadmill or you're just sitting around and need something to listen to on the weekend, all of these are great stories. We'd love for you to enjoy all of them. And if you have any feedback for us, as always, uh, you know, leave a comment below the YouTube video or leave a comment in the Dropship Tribe Facebook group. Thanks so much for checking out all of these little snippets. I hope you check out all of the shows and we'll see all of you next week. Thanks for listening to the Dropship Podcast. You can find all the show notes for this episode at dropshippodcast.com. And if you're ready to take the next step in your dropshipping journey, we invite you to join us inside Dropship Breakthrough, where John and I will walk you through step-by-step in starting your own high-ticket dropshipping e-commerce business. But that's not all. Dropship Breakthrough will also teach you everything you'll need to know to grow your business and take it to the next level. So head over to dropshipbreakthrough.com and sign up for our free training that will help you take the first steps towards building and growing your own profitable high-ticket dropshipping business.